Let's pray. Father, we are forever yours. Your love came down and claimed us. And Lord, now we ask your blessing on our time in your word. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I told the, uh, the kids at the children's message, the sermon text today is Matthew 6, verse 33. It, I was just thinking after the first service, that's my confirmation verse, and that's the first time I've ever preached on it. So anyway, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what comes first? in your life? You know, that question is the quintessential stewardship question. But I want you to understand what I mean by stewardship. Stewardship is not confined to what you do or give at church. In fact, Christian stewardship, biblical stewardship has to do with your whole life, when, when you make a, a decision to change jobs, that's a stewardship decision. When you see that your neighbor needs help and, and you reach out to help him or her, that's stewardship. When you uh, decide you're going to get involved and volunteer at East Fort Bend Human Needs, or when you just kind of lay down what you're doing to go play ball, with one of the kids, or when you take time to go to your grandkids' name, whatever you do, game, whatever you do with your time, talent, with all that God has given you, all of that is stewardship, and it all revolves, or it ought to anyway, around that question, who or what comes first in your life? Now, you need to know somebody answering that question. Acts speak louder than words. You could say, God comes first. If your actions don't back it up, then that ain't true. My, I'm told, I never knew either of my grandfathers, but my one grandfather would have said that family comes first. But he spent pretty much every paycheck in the bar. Actions speak louder than words. See, that's, that's why we have stewardship sermons. and That's why we have stewardship series. It's not about, first and foremost, about raising money for the church. It's not about knowing what you're going to give so we can plan a budget. We, we use all this stuff that way, but Stewardship ultimately is about that question. About putting you and me in a place where we have to wrestle with who or what comes first in our lives. And, and what you're going to do today, that's, that's kind of putting that into action. You're, when you make your pledges, you're saying something about what comes first. But, but let me tell you something. Just because you or I raise our stewardship Pledge. That doesn't mean that God comes first automatically. In fact, I could, I could imagine a situation where somebody might pledge less some year because God comes first. Say they have a, a sick 
family member that they need to take care of and they need to put more of their resources towards taking care of that family member. And so because God comes first, they make a decision that that's where the priority is. That's the question we're going to think about today. Who or what comes first in your life? Jesus is pretty clear about this in our text. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. I want to just interject there. I don't know if you know that in Matthew's Gospel, that's the only time he calls it the kingdom of God. Everywhere else he calls it the kingdom of heaven. The fact that he uses the word God there means this is important. Now, folks, Jesus names two things in the text that are to come first. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now I want for a moment to think about what those two things are. Now the kingdom of God, like we said with the kids, that, that can refer to God's rule over all things. But here in this text, it's really the more narrow definition that we would, I talked about with the kids. Here, the kingdom of God is the rule of God in the hearts of men, particularly in your heart and mind. The rule of God through faith in Jesus. Well, folks, that is so important. Because, you know, when we, you and I try to run our lives, we make a mess. A big mess. Right? You know, I, I just want you to think about a slogan that's out there. It's been out there for a while. My body, my choice. You know, it's this shorthand for saying, I'm going to be the king, or I'm going to be the queen of my life. I'll do with it my body what I please. And, and that gets used as an excuse for abortion. You know, as a sinful human being, my kingly decisions tend to be very selfish. They tend to be about what I want to do. About what I want, irregardless of how my wants may impact your wants and needs in life. That's what my, my grandfather was doing. He... He was so wanting alcohol that it didn't seem to matter to him whether his family ate or not. You and I don't make good kings or queens. Jesus does, though. And I, I want to share with you two stories of, of um, times when I've seen what the kingdom of God can do in somebody's heart. One, is, one comes from the story of a, a, a seventh grader. This kid astounded me. Came time for confirmation, not with any prompting of mine or even from his parents, on his own, he went to his football coach and he said, I can't practice or play games on Wednesday nights because I have confirmation. Wow. Wow. Oh, there's another young man who came to Concordia. This young man, when I was canceled, he had, he had been offered a full-ride football scholarship to Ohio State University. And he gave it up to come to Concordia 
because he was convinced God was calling him into some kind of ministry. And so what he could have done four years for free, he spent over six years doing, because every once in a while he'd have to take a semester off, go earn more money to pay the bills to come to Concordia. Examples of what happens when God rules in your heart. That's the kingdom of God. What Jesus calls his righteousness is directly related to that. To be righteous is to be right with God. And the problem is that on the basis of our righteousness, on the basis of our good deeds, you and I cannot be right with God. I want you to look at two passages. First is from Isaiah. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Paul's a little more short and to the point. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Only His righteousness can make us right with God. His righteousness is the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. His righteousness is the holy, perfect, life that Jesus lived in our place. His righteousness is Jesus taking that holy, perfect life and offering it on the altar of the cross as a sacrifice to pay our sins. His righteousness is God saying yes to that offer by raising Jesus to life again. His righteousness is the gift that God gives to you and me in holy baptism. For as many of you as are baptized into Christ Jesus have put on Christ. You've been literally clothed with Christ. You know, it's like uh, we were away from home one time and we were going out to a really nice restaurant, kind of a different kind of period. And it was a restaurant where you were expected to dress up. You had to have a, if you're a man, you had to have a jacket on. I didn't have a jacket with me. And so the people we were with gave me his jacket to wear. So I could get in. Jesus has given us the only robes, the garments that get us into heaven. He has given us the garments of His righteousness for us to wear. The royal robes so that we might be dressed as sons of the King. Daughters of the King. I love the way St. Paul describes how valuable this gift is in the third chapter of Philippians. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks they got reason to trust in their own righteousness, he says, I have more. And then he goes on to list all the things he could list. He says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Why? That I may gain Christ and may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. Those righteous robes of Jesus Christ that qualify you and me for entry in this life and in the life to come into the kingdom of God. Folks, those two gifts are the gifts that are essential to be in Christian stewards. 
Because you don't have, if you're not a member by faith of the kingdom of God, if, if you and I aren't, aren't clothed in his righteousness, then any gift we give, anything we do, doesn't count for anything. It's only in Christ that we're made acceptable. In fact, what Jesus says in this text is of the utmost importance, so important that he first goes out and seeks the kingdom himself for you and me. It's so intense, so important to him that he doesn't count equality with God something to be grasped, but he makes himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. It's so important that Jesus humbles himself even unto death, death on the cross. He does all that. You and I might live under Him in His kingdom. And now, now He calls us to a life of seeking. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. We are invited here daily to seek the one who first sought us. We are invited here daily to seek the shepherd who leaves the 99 in the open country and goes and searches for the one that's lost until he finds him, until he finds you, and until he finds me. This is our way of life. I love what the word seek literally means. Jesus is inviting us to pursue and keep on pursuing without stopping. It is our whole life journey, our whole life endeavor, whole life desire. And so we seek it. We seek it like we did this morning. By confessing our sin. Setting aside our righteousness. So that God can clothe us. And forgive us. We seek it like we've talked these last couple of weeks in our stewardship. What we give. And how we serve. And the loving way in which we help a neighbor. And the time we give to our family. All those ways we enter into the glory of our Father. Just the joy of our Father, just like we said. And we seek it in our witness, don't we? Desiring that people we know, whether it's in our neighborhood or off where Ebenezer comes from in India, that they would join us as members of the kingdom. We seek it the way John described to us today in the, the, the reading that ends the whole Bible, right? When, when our whole desire would be to pray that King Jesus would come again. Amen! Come, Lord Jesus. And we seek it like we do today. Coming forward to receive bread and wine. To receive the body and blood of Jesus. To be served by our King. That's seeking the Kingdom of God. And you know what's great? Now Jesus adds a promise. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You know what He's saying? 
When Jesus is your king, you can rest secure. When Jesus has his proper place in your heart, then everything else has its proper place in your life. I mean, think about what Jesus says. Though the moth and rust may destroy our earthly treasures, you and I and Jesus have treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves can never break in and steal. Having Jesus banishes fear and worry. Think about his words here. He says to us, Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear or what shall we drink? Your heavenly Father, for Gentiles that go after all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus is first. Yes, we still have good days and bad. We have ups and downs. We have victories and tragedies. But you know what? It's just like we pray in the pray in the prayer we've been praying every week. In prosperous times, we are thankful. And in troubled times, our confidence in Him never fails. Why? Because He never fails. You know how making a pledge and giving and serving becomes a joy? It happens when you're in His hands. When you know He's taking care of you. What greater thing is there than to share that with others? That's stewardship. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting.